The Fantasy Football Heroes and Villains edition of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Sports is back with their Circa Survivor and Circa Millions contests. $14 million is up for grabs. Get all the details at CircaSports.com. DGENs assemble. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Heroes and Villains. I am your host, Justin Bruni. Joining me as always is my co-host and partner, Mr. Andrew, the TD King, Rob. How are we doing, sir? It's hump day. It is hump day. It's always a it's always a good day. Hump day. Uh yeah, man. Uh excited to get into it. I think this is a a, a good topic here for people who are drafting, you know, in best ball mania, um, you know, a, a lot of different strategies surround the running backs, zero RB, hero mm-hmm. RB, robust RB. So I think it's uh, I think it's important for for us to talk to the people about running backs that we feel could potentially be on those teams that are going to be, you know, fighting for three million dollars at the end. Um, so, yeah, so I think it's a I think it's a good conversation to have. And I think. I think you and I are probably going to differ here a little bit, just knowing mm-hmm. how you draft and how I draft. So I'm very uh, intrigued to uh, hear how you uh, go about your business here. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also a very topical topic right now, right? Running backs, very big in the media and in the, in the news, talking about being underpaid, undervalued. Do you need a running back to win a Super Bowl? I'll tell you one thing. You need a good running back to win your fantasy football championship. Now, regular season, obviously, it's a little bit easier. You catch wind on a good waiver wire ad after an injury. Obviously, it's a very violent position. You can take on a lot of damage, but you got to have one of these guys at least hit you know, RB1 numbers to have a good year in fantasy. And in best ball, you probably need at least two. So we're going to be going over a couple of our different strategies. Jamie's up in the chat already. Hey, what's up, guys? Appreciate you, Jamie, for jumping in. A loyal follower, listener, and watcher. Be sure to toss in any commentary you have, Jamie. We'll be certain to get you up on the board here. Let's start with some of our approaches. I like to kind of park right at about five running backs. I have definitely gone the zero RB route many a time. But as I'm getting closer to NFL week one, I'm kind of starting to lean into the wind here with some of the uh, fellow drafters in targeting running backs a little bit earlier. Also, just because I've been heavily targeting receivers early on and we're starting to kind of see a shift in strategy and paradigm in our lobbies here. So how many do you like to go to max or at least most consistently? And then again, you know, are you doing zero RB? Are you starting to target some hero RBs? What are you thinking? Uh, up to this point, I predominantly have been doing uh, more or less a zero RB. Uh, mm-hmm. I have transitioned over to a little bit more hero RB or robust RB because I do want to mix up the style of teams I have. I don't want to mm-hmm. just be 100% zero RB. Um, but, you know, with that said, zero RB is still first and foremost in my heart. You know, it's, it's what I generally like to look at for my teams you know, when I'm in a draft, I just I mean, we've talked about this before, how quickly the wide receiver room dries up a little bit for 
you know, in the draft and you can, you know, get values on running backs so much later. So I, mm-hmm. I like to do zero RB, um, but I, I do feel there is value in making sure that you're doing all of the strategies a little bit. No, a thousand percent. I mean, looking at the board here of my most recent draft, only three running backs went in the first round. It went two wide receivers running back, two wide receivers, Travis Kelsey, you know, pretty much a, an elite wide receiver at this point, two running backs, and then closed out the, the first round with four wide receivers. In round two, it balances out a little bit more, uh, starting off with like Amon Ross St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, but then Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, and Tony Pollard all going in the second round. That's about five. So you're getting more of a split there. And then Patrick Mahomes went at the very end of the second round with the last pick at pick 24. And then again, still, you start to see that uh, you know um, split into the third round, uh, two quarterbacks, one tight end, uh, just four running backs there. So getting it a little bit more mixed up with, uh, like I said, the tight ends and the quarterback position. But again, through the first three rounds, you're still seeing a predominant amount of wide receivers go. So if you're going to you know, take your stand, you know, you know, stand your ground with some running backs, you have to make it worth it. Let's start off with some of our big, you know, we'll call them heroes, if you will, you know, per the show title, some running backs that we feel are absolute Millie makers this season, running backs that are going to be on million dollar rosters this year. Best Ball Mania giving away $3 million to the top prize winner. Joe Mixon just took a $3 million pay cut. You know, these guys are, you know, they're having to take some pay cuts just to stay on their team because the market just doesn't demand them. Right. So for all we know, we're going to make up that same same ground ourselves if we can bring home, you know, the correct results. Who's your first man up? First man up, uh, Alvin Kamara going currently round nine. I just got him the other uh, two days ago uh, when I took him in a draft at pick one oh one. I think that's a really good value for a man that we still don't know what kind of suspension he's going to have, right? It mm-hmm. could be anywhere from zero to six is, is you know, the, the range of, of outcomes. I don't think it's any more than six, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think that, I think the evidence is damning, but him pleading out, essentially, uh, was, I, I think, a good move by him. Makes it less of a fight and a battle. So, I you know, I feel like he's a very good value. And again, like, this is a running back that, so let me ask you, because uh, I, I was asked this question earlier by friend of the program, um, Patriot Sports Radio, uh, Eric, on mm-hmm. there. He he messaged me on Twitter and just asked, you know, about some some guys, you know, where I have him ranked and stuff. And uh, he asked me about Alvin Kamara and kind of what I would do with him if he wasn't going to be suspended at all. So let me ask you, in what round do you feel he would be going if we knew 100% he was not going to be suspended? Two. Two. Okay. I think that's a little rich for where I, I, I said that I felt like zero games, zero, no zero suspension, zero. He's going to, he's going to go in the top two rounds. They have an upgraded quarterback. They're going to pass the ball a lot more. I just dropped a YouTube short about Derek Carr's passing total. The numbers in the market will shift drastically. If he is available for a hundred percent of the games, I cannot see him being drafted behind. I feel like he's going in Tony Pollard range. I wanted to say, I don't see that he would go, after Tony Pollard, but I could see the market doing that. I just feel like he's going to get a ton of usage if that's the case. So I would say the end of round two between picks uh, picks twenty and twenty four. Uh, that's a that's a nice comment by Mike there. Uh, <laughs> Don't spank your kids, guys. Uh, the news is watching. Um, yeah. So so okay. So you're saying two? I think he would fit more or less in in the range of three. So. Let's play the game really quick here. These are all the guys going around to generally. Yep. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. Or, or Kamara. Okay, Chubb. 
Pollard or Kamara? Kamara. Okay. Uh, Jonathan Taylor? Taylor. Barkley? Barkley. Henry? Henry. Okay, so th- this guy in this draft took Pollard at 17. I generally see Pollard fall Ooh. further than that a little bit. Yeah, I know. I was a little rich. So, yeah. so, Pollard's so my reason is that this morning he went 23. Yeah, so exactly. So that's what I'm saying is, so Pollard went, to, you're saying 23. That's right at the end of the second round. So yep. you, yeah, so you're saying end of the second, early third. I think he's probably mm-hmm. fits better in the in the mid-third with the Josh Jacobs, the Stevenson, the Brees Hall, the Jameer Gibbs, those guys. That's that's where you might want to take him, but you're always going to get an aggressive lobby that's going to move him up. He's someone that I would be willing to take a, ahead of an ADP. So if he got an ADP of 25 to 30, I would still take him ahead of ADP at, at that point because I just feel like you're yeah. going to get some very aggressive lobbies. I definitely like the potential to stack him and Chris Olave. Chris Olave going at about pick 19. So if you can get those guys anywhere from like the 20 to 29 turn, I think that would be pretty solid. You know, if you're picking like one through say five, I think that's, you know, easily obtainable. And then of course, Derek Carr, he's going to be a little bit more of a friendly stack with that, you know, parked at like what QB 12 or 13. I'm not hundred percent on that ranking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yeah. Something like that. He's, I think he's a little further back than that actually. He's probably closer to 14 or 15. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. But no, I, I'm I'm right there with you, man. Alvin Kamara right now it's is just my a good bet. Round nine, not gonna kill most you. Most exposed running back. Twenty percent, five hundred dollars in total uh entry fees for Alvin Kamara and myself. I've been getting a lot of him at his value. In my last draft, he went at pick ninety-three in round eight. you and I have been soaking him up in between round nine and ten. He's been going after ADP one hundred very consistently that that's just i actually did not have as much of them as i thought i did so i'm going to change that before we do get a suspension Mm. uh news break you know i Mm. i want to still be able to get him here before something happens so yep um before we go to your second or your first one here i do want to tell (laughs) i do want to tell the good people about our friends over at circa sports myself and my buddy will be going out to circa in september for week one and of course we will be signing up for the circa millions besides the circa millions they are also offering the circa survivor 14 million in guaranteed prizes up for grabs circa millions if you don't know what that is it's uh five nfl picks against the spread each week you know it's on a point system circa survivor if you don't know what that is obviously generally it is just you pick a different money line winner every week and can only use that team once throughout the year so if you use kansas city week one you cannot use them again the rest of the season uh you can enter in vegas and play from anywhere by using a proxy please let us know if you need any uh, proxy suggestions we do have a couple different ones that i know people in sgpn use uh sports gambling podcast will also be out there last weekend in august for details please go to circusports.com again that is circusports.com um you got any leans week one uh me personally i will be pushing my buddy hard to take the old manders week one against the cardinals so that is probably one of my nice. best bets i think right now it's at six i think it opened at four and a half i hammered it at four and a half <laughs> that's at six now i believe do you have to take a money line pick or can you pick a spread no 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 it, it has to be a spread for the circa millions it has to be a mm. spread so do you know what the you know, spread is for the the colts to cover against the the jaguars week mm. one i think it's pretty slim I, like it should be it should be much bigger than it is i feel like i think i feel like it's three points and i feel like it should be like seven Mm. maybe it's I, I maybe i had that the other way around maybe i have that the other way around real quick i can i can pull that up um 
I know it was probably cl- I think it was closer at when it opened and it has since rolled back. Uh, let's see here. So I'm opening up. Um, Jags and Colts. Jags minus three and a half. Yeah, I'll I'll, t- I'll take the Colts there. That's that's way too uh, out of a number for me. I feel like that should be at, at, at seven. I've written about this in, in prior months, so it looks like the market hasn't really shifted much. So yeah, I'll take the Colts there. You want the Colts plus three and a half? Yes, sir. Okay. Why are they plus three and a half? Should they not be like seven to ten point underdogs? What? Does they, well, they sense? are underdogs, but well, that's what I'm saying. You wouldn't want to take the Colts then. You'd want to take the Jags because you're taking the Colts plus three no, and no, a half. No, 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 no. I'm on, I'm on the Colts. I know what you're saying. I understand that. I you work for the Sports take... Gambling Podcast Network. Yes, crazy stuff happens. Aren't they? Are they not playing at home? They are. Yeah. What the hell? Why? There's something going on there. Who Vegas the knows something we don't. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> According to Warren Sharper, does he? He released his rankings, and the old Manders dead last for the quarterback room. Ouch. Be, Ouch is indeed. That's that is that is not good. The disrespect. That's the disrespect right. to Sam Howell and Eric Bieniemy. It's just rude. All right, let's get back on track here. Before we get back to my next pick, Jamie's kind of already you know uh, you know peaked peaked the curtain already for Derrick Henry. SGPN is also going to be at the Fantasy Football Expo. We're hosting the Friday night party. We are giving away four tickets to the expo. Go follow us on YouTube to enter in a four-ticket giveaway. We're going to be giving those out across uh, the next couple of weeks here. Subscribe and send us your screenshot of subscribing at SGPN Fantasy on Twitter. Uh, Going back up to Henry here, Derrick Henry is my second highest exposed running back at $550, 22.9%. This is a guy through 16 games last season, still had over 1,500 rushing yards. Jamie is absolutely 100% correct on this one. Going at the end of the second round, beginning of the third, if you hit the right lobby, and he has that top five potential. My co-host for the Sunday show, Emerson Beery, Jamie also very familiar with him. He's got him ranked at number two. So there's definitely some polarizing takes for him in the fantasy community. He is someone that I would just lock, stock, and bet on to get at least 300 touches this season. Him, Bijan, CMC, the big difference between the three is that Derrick Henry is going closer to the end of the second round. If you get an aggressive lobby that wants to pull up Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, or Josh Allen, any of those elite QBs, you could definitely find yourself landing him at the beginning of the third round. So if you go receiver, receiver, there's still a chance that you can land Derrick Henry in the third, which is in a massive, massive value. They just added DeAndre Hopkins. That's going to open up things more. It's going to be very difficult to load the box up against DeAndre Hopkins. I Say what you want about him, but Traylon Burks and Chig, that's some very viable weapons in the passing offense still. I know that everyone's, you know, kind of you know, a shitty uh, quarterback. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Who cares? I mean, Ryan Tannehill doesn't have to be that good, though, to hand the ball off to Derrick Henry, all right? Baker Mayfield made a ton of money doing that with Nick Chubb. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know. <laughs> he was always, you know, gloating on the sidelines. Did you see that handoff? It's going to yeah, be the same situation. Warren Sharp have the Bucks ahead of the commanders, by the way, in the I don't know. quarterback room. Get sorry, Warren I'm just Sharp stuck on that. out of here. Get that God, Warren Sharp. Killing Toss me, man. to the side. Sorry. I, I so, digress. It's all good. No, I, Ryan Tannehill, definitely someone that's getting a little bit more uh, value and ground now in drafts as well. He went in round. You know what round he's been going in, right? Say it out loud. Uh, I'm sorry. What? What round Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill has been oh, going in? Oh, uh, round 19. That's undrafted. It's yeah. uh, eight, it's around <laughs> 18. Today, I saw him going around 15. I was absolutely astonished. But the guy did bring him back for a stack. That's fine, whatever. But you're going to see him gain some ground, right? Like, there's going to be a little bit more positivity in his line as well. 
And this is a team that wants to win now. They're a team that plays very good defense, wants to put the ball on the ground, and Henry is still the identity of their team. Are, are you cool with Henry being uh, – or are you cool with uh, anybody being the quarterback there? Does it matter to you? It's going to be Ryan Tannehill. Like, listen, but does it matter Hopkins, to you, though? It, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. But the only way that you are worried about Ryan Tannehill not being on the field is if this team is completely out of contention. So at worst, at worst – I could see Will Levis starting maybe four games. I think in this division with the Colts, Texans, and Jags, I still think that they're going to be competitive. Obviously, the conference is very tough, but as long as they're above water in their division, they're going to stay with Tannehill. I don't care what the results are in the game. They're not going to lean over to him at any point. You did not go out and sign DeAndre Hopkins so that you could get Will Levis on the field. And I can guarantee that DeAndre Hopkins had something to say when they were signing. Like, by the way, uh, who's your quarterback going to be? They told him Ryan Tannehill. They told him the experienced QB. Hopkins wanted to go somewhere where there's a good defense, playoff potential, and a chance to win. If he's picking the Titans, then he has to know a little bit more than we do about the quarterback position. I'm not betting on Will Levis getting on the field unless they're in a dire situation. Maybe Hopkins is hurt. Maybe they're out of playoff contention. But even then, I think you're only still looking at the, about the last three to four games. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I I I do think it's funny because he did say he wanted to go to a team that's going to make the playoffs, and I laugh in my well. eyes, that's probably not the Titans, considering they play in the AFC. And I can definitely name at least six other teams that are way better than them. NFC would probably have been better, but let's <laughs> yeah. not pick. Let's not pick on him. Okay, he could beat us up. Let's be real. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, True. I mean, like 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 I said, I I think that the situation does look a lot better on paper. I know we all like to say this is where wide receivers go to die, but the presence of Hopkins just sincerely puts Henry in a better position. Like I said, it's going to be very difficult to load the box up against this group. True, true. Um, before we move on to my next one, I would like to tell people about Underdog Fantasy. We are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down to your favorite MLB and NFL season player props. So many ways to win over at Underdog, and Underdog is available in so many states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com, use our promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Okay, and we're back. All right, party on. Let's ride. Yeah, party on, party on. Party on, party on, Andrew. Uh, uh, so Jamie so in the chat. let's take this question, yeah. Yeah, let's yep, take that yep. question quick. So um, I actually got Montgomery today 12 spots after ADP, and I'm not necessarily buying that Montgomery is like the Millie Maker ticket, like he's going to punch your way to $3 million, but I am betting that one of these running backs is in this Detroit offense, whether it be Montgomery or Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs is on my bonus list for tonight, so we'll just kind of get to this breakdown between the two. All the things that we're hearing about Gibbs are absolutely amazing, that he's going to be used in a pass-catching role. You look at the lack of depth at receiver behind Amon Ra, even Jamison Williams. Williams obviously missing the first six games. I feel like there's a massive upside for Gibbs this season. So I'm buying both of these guys at ADP, and my bet is you're going to find a similar lobby like I found this morning where they're just not buying in on one of them, right? Like 12 spots after ADP for Montgomery is an absolute smash for me. Couldn't say no. And that was when I already went RB heavy. Like I drafted Eckler and Jonathan Taylor, leaned into the run game a little bit more, and I was just like, I I can't do it. Like I have to I have to grab them here. I just got to play the numbers game and 
value hound. Yeah, no, I, I think I think Montgomery is a good value. Again, like he, he slots in as the Jamal Williams role, right? We just saw what Jamal Williams did by leading the league in rushing mm-hmm. touchdowns. If he's any semblance of that, uh, I think it's a good value pick currently. I mean, you know, as Jamie's pointing out, he was RB26 or David Montgomery is RB26. Jamal Williams finished at RB13. Now, do I think Montgomery's going to score as many touchdowns as Jamal Williams? Probably not. They it's were really play. unlucky last mm-hmm. year. Uh, with going down at the, you know, anywhere between the one and three yard line, again, as a, a Monra St. Brown dynasty owner, um, saw him fall at the one like way too many times and broke my heart. So I know that Jamal Williams was the beneficiary of that. So I don't think Montgomery's range of outcomes is that. Do I still think it's a value? It's a pretty decent value. Um, I say he's probably closer to RB 20 than, you know, than 13. So I, you know, it, it's still That's a value, fair. but. Um, the, the problem is with me for Montgomery is that unless Gibbs gets hurt, Montgomery's full blown potential will never be unlocked because right. Gibbs has that role on lockdown unless he just is not as good as people think he's going to be, which obviously mm-hmm. all, all the signs are pointing that he is going to be, uh, you know, it's, a, he doesn't really have like a high ceiling. He's more of like a high floor kind of guy, you know, but for underdog, it's good. Like you want touchdown. So I, I do think it's a value. I just. Temper expectations. Don't think he's going to be RB13. I have them very close in my exposure rate. So I have David Montgomery at 8.3% at $200 and Gibbs at 150 at 6.3. Both of those are climbing. Like both of those are going up in my recent drafts. Um, We're just getting a lot of good details about them. And it doesn't look like the Lions are going to add a receiver. I would kind of put them in the mix for maybe like a Hunter Renfro just because I feel like you know, Khalif Raymond and Josh Reynolds are just still so underwhelming. I could see them making maybe like a little backdoor move, maybe dropping like a six round pick for another receiver that might, you know, might be on a cut list somewhere or might just be readily available. But again, that's a tough bet to make. We're just 50 days away from the NFL season. You know, those type of moves and opportunities are kind of dwindling by the day here. But until something like that happens, you got to keep scooping up both of those guys at ADP. And if you see them fall at, at all, yeah, I mean, they're just absolute smashes. Given the situation, we haven't even mentioned just how good the Detroit Lions offensive line is. It's been the best it's been in maybe a decade. So it's a fantastic group to go out and buy right now. You know, and also Jared Goff, very easily, uh, you know, stackable. Yes. All right, so Andrew went with Alvin Kamara. I went with Derrick Henry. Both amazing values right now. Who's your next guy? Samaje P. Run. Round P. 10. Nine. Yes, round 10. Nice. Um, nice. So shout out Sebastian Fearon, um, our SGPN football doc. Uh, he just had an article come out with a bunch of uh, you know injury news and analysis essentially from him. So looking at that, uh, I did see, obviously, again, Javante Williams is always a, a, an interesting case for me because Javante Williams, as again, dynasty owner of him, love Javante Williams, think that he has a lot of opportunity in Denver. Um, I think the potential is there as well. Sean Payton's been notorious to use two backs. So I think he has uh, potential there and, and has value. Problem is, obviously, he has a very gruesome injury last year. So Reading Sebastian's article, um, it it really showed me again that I don't think he's going to be very effective this year. Coming off the injury that he has, I mean, as an ACL, PCL, MCL, like he just it was all destroyed, right? It was. I think that even if he comes back, um, which I do think he does sometime in the year, it's going to be like J.K. Dobbins last year, where he was kind of okay, but like not really. Like you, you don't really want him. I'd rather just more take more bust than boom. One hundred percent. I, I would just rather take P Ryan in, in round 10 right now 
and just feel like, again, you're going to get a starter for, in my eyes, at least eight games. Like, I think it's, I think Javante is just not going to be right. Why, why get hurt for, uh, they're going to put their second year guy in a spot to just get hurt again. And I mean, mm-hmm. like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Same thing with like Kyler. Like, I don't think Kyler's going to play that much either. But it's, I just don't think that they're going to put Javante Williams out there if he's not 100%. And if they do, it's kind of dumb because, like, if you get him hurt again, it's going to take so much longer. And his lifespan in the NFL is going to be so much shorter. So mm-hmm. I just don't think that they're going to push him to come back. So to, again, Pirine, very good value right now. I expect him to climb as we would uh, assumingly probably get more news on Javante Williams by, you know, mid training camp. I, I don't think the arrow is going to be pointing up for him. So I think the arrow is pointing up for Samaj P. Run. Yeah, he's been an absolute smash for me. I have 150 of him as well. So another 6.3%. He was an absolute smash, though, in the big board. I'm trying to pull that up now, my big board exposure, because that was just yeah. ridiculous. I his think value. you and I were both taking him like almost every draft, one of us. It was a lot. Yeah, let me. Uh, I know he's in the, he's see. up there. So. Oh, maybe not as high yeah, as I thought. Pre-draft, let's see, big boards. I guess I just, I guess that was Michael Carter, who I'm also like, you know, dancing in in the rain for today. Uh, Piran, I drafted twenty percent. Okay, I which just again, 10%. that was twenty nine drafts. So I took him twenty percent of the time. So I got, I got him half. I guess I had him confused with my uh, my Michael Carter shares, who's like my second highest. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks for that. I have twenty three percent of him because of you. You're welcome, buddy. You're welcome. You can hope, you can you pay me. <laughs> you you can pay me at the end of the year. No worries. <laughs> you better hope Brees Hall misses time. Uh he's not. He was added to the pup today. That's what that's what that was my reference to it. Yeah, that's all it. No, P Ryan's an absolute great value in the tenth round. He actually went at the very end of round nine in my draft this morning. Pick one oh seven. Still a great pick after you know pick one hundred. He was butt ended by running backs in Antonio Gibson, who went at pick ninety nine, and AJ Dillon at one oh nine. So a nice little spread there. You know, going in between the two, there was a really good run on receivers through round nine. But I can definitely see him falling in the in the right lobby, uh, especially if you get somebody that's propping up. Uh, you know, Javante trying to see how much farther Javante was going ahead of him just out of curiosity uh looks like round seven uh pick 83 so what was that about 20 24 picks I, I still think that's a bit of an overvalue for Javante I, I feel like he should be yes. going probably somewhere in round eight guys that went after Javante just for reference James Connor Connor over Williams for sure Swift same Montgomery same Kamara Pacheco Dalvin Cook doesn't even have a team still taking him over Williams. Uh, James Cook, Antonio Gibson. I mean, that puts him right at Samaje Pirine. I would take all of those running backs ahead of Javante Williams right now. Yes, agreed. Just a very hard situation to trust. You're targeting the right guy there. I'm going to move on to my next guy, kind of a similar ADP, Devin Money Singletary. I only say that because he is my most exposed player in best ball drafts, in best ball mania pulling it up here because I was going back and forth between the uh, the other boards. I believe it's 600 and I don't know. I don't have a backup. 600 plus dollars for Devin Singletary. Great situation. With the Bills, he was getting anywhere from like 11 to 15 touches a game on average. I see an increased role. So I could see that go up to maybe like 14, 15 plus each game just because I still think this team is going to be bad and they don't need to overload Damian Pierce with low value touches. 
when they're losing games, when they're behind by a lot, and maybe they need, like you've referenced, a little bit more explosion. Devin Singletary ranked highest in explosive rate last season. I think it's a very good value for where you're getting him. Round 12, he went at pick 137, but ended by Keandre Miller and Jalen Warren. He's going to have massive roles in comparison to those two guys. Uh, after Miller went Tank Bigsby, I, I could make an argument for Bigsby, but uh, he went, uh, let's see, Couple of picks after Dame Harris, Khalil Herbert. That's You're, kind of a better range. Like I would feel comfortable taking him up to maybe round ten. You don't need to. You don't you, have you, to. You shouldn't. But if your lobby gets really bad, if it start get starts getting crazy, he's someone that I'm comfortable taking ahead of ADP. You you haven't even mentioned the coaching staff, have you? Oh, uh, Shanahan offense, right? You know, yeah, Shanahan another offense. Yeah, uh, another uh, another offense that likes to use multiple running backs and use them hard and well. I mean, they, they're just. I mean, look at what's happening in, in San Francisco. How many running backs have they pulled in and out of that mm -hmm. system, right? It's right. it's a good system for it, too. Is it going to be 100% the same? No. But, I mean, really, who who else is there besides Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary, right? Those are the two guys. Nico like, Cone. they're going to carry 90% of the work between those two. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't expect a third back to get in there. But if for somehow cj stroud just steps onto the scene like if he's under the lights and he's just feeling himself you know and they're be they become somehow a, a pass heavy team i still think that leans more into devin singletary than it does damian pierce yeah i don't i don't disagree with that and historically rookie quarterbacks don't generally throw a lot of touchdowns mm -hmm. so if they are going to be decent it's probably going to be on the ground and yeah i just think singletary i agree with you 100 i think he's going to be involved more than people probably think he is Right. And this is also just another option that once you get into the second half of this draft, once you're, you know, past round nine and 10 into the well into the double digits, the stacks are just all there. Nico Collins, Robert Woods in the very last round, John Mechie, if you're riding that bus, um, you know, if you really want to throw some crazy darts with Xavier Hutchinson or just take maybe a safer floor with Dalton Schultz and just draft CJ Stroud at an immense value, he's going at a lot better spot than he was, you know, closer to the draft. Like him and Bryce Young have both fallen quite a bit. You're getting those guys in like round 16 or 17 now. They were going probably a round or two higher, you know, post-NFL draft. People were buying the hype. Things have cooled down a little bit. Uh, even in today's draft, I had seven teams take at least three quarterbacks or more. One team even took four. Insane. Um so I was like strapped. I was trying to pair CJ Stroud with um, who was it with Dalton Schultz. I couldn't do it. You know, it, it just wasn't going to happen for me. So people are getting a little bit more aggressive on them, but they're still at an immense value. All right. So, so far we've got Alvin Kamara, Derek Henry. We touched a little bit on the, the Lions running backs and now Devin Singletary. Who's your next guy? Next guy. Uh, big exposure guy for me here. Roshan Johnson of Yo. your Chicago Bears. Oh, oh man, I was I set you up for a dub bears. God, eh. sorry, Justin. I know you missed eh. it. It's not a big deal. Roshan Johnson. Uh, again, I'm just a firm believer that he probably has the most talent overall at the running back position for the Bears. Mm -hmm. uh, Herbert's been a nice story. I think it's I think it's his time to get out of there. Um, and why am I forgetting? Uh, Deontay Foreman. Deontay Foreman. Good story. Dude had a bad injury. Came back was awesome last year in Carolina. Again, I think that was more a product of his environment. Mm -hmm. I think talent wins out in this scenario. And uh, Roshan Johnson, very, very good talent. Um, I think it was, a, it was a very good lightning spot for him, too. I mean, I he reminds me, the, the situation, if he's the guy, reminds me of 
RG3 and Alfred Morris back in the day. Oh, RG3, oh. a guy running the ball a lot, de facto Justin Fields. What what I saw watching those games as a, a Redskins fan at the time, uh, I saw the lanes open up because of what the defense knew RG3 could do. It's exactly how I feel about the Fields and Roshan Johnson connection here. I just think that Roshan Johnson is going to feast on defenses that are going to be looking for fields to run. I also mm-hmm. think Roshan Johnson has very good hands, and I think there's going to be some dump-off passes coming his way. So, I, again, this is just a I'm betting on the talent. I just think talent wins out here, and I am a firm believer that Roshan Johnson is the best running back here. Currently going round 12. Thank me later. No, I absolutely love it. So I'll give you my breakdown of these guys, and I have it pretty much as ADP dictates. So I have $300 in Herbert, $225 in Foreman, and $125 in Rowe. So I've gotten a fair amount, but I haven't been, I'm not overweight on him, what I'll say. I want to take some shots, but I just still believe if we're looking at spike week potential, I still think that Herbert, if healthy, has the most potential for the most spike weeks in this offense. What I like about Rowe is kind of like that second half build for him. Like the second half of the season, I think could be very profitable, but I still believe that that's a little bit short of a window. That's my only pushback on this is I like the potential. I like getting him uh, past ADP if people are letting him slide, but I still believe that Foreman's going to be used. They still went out and signed him, gave him a little bit of money. And Herbert is kind of still their project. I feel like, and when given the opportunity, when he takes on volume, Herbert's numbers are really good. But that's the problem that I also have with him is that I'm just like, man, is he actually going to get 18 plus touches a game? I don't know. But when he has, he's been very good. You go back and look at games where he has 18 touches or more, the numbers are there. There's positive fantasy output, and those are typically his type of spike weeks. When he's only getting like 8, 10, 12 touches, it's kind of a middle type of return that you're getting, right? So I still think that with those three running backs – and then the alpha running back there, JF1, Justin Fields, I still think you're going to get some middled ground. When I'm looking at the type of exposure I can get to the most spike weeks, I'm looking at Herbert. So I'm getting a little bit of everybody, but as you can see with my exposure, it's just kind of as it is with ADP. So if I can get Foreman or Row at value, I'll do it. But when I'm looking at, you know, like like we're talking about all the time, right, going zero RB, and we want to like kind of back that up with some like decent guys at the back end of our draft, I feel like Herbert kind of fits that being like my third or fourth running back drafted. I understand. Uh, do, do you think Roshan has a, a path to be the guy at the end of the year? Yes, I do. Because, and, and that was why I was doing all this is because he can block. He is by far the best blocking running back coming out of this class. And I believe that's why he was brought in because this is a project still on the offensive line. They've made a lot of improvements, but you know, the fruit, the, the devil's in the details, right? Like we got to actually see what they put on the field as a product. It's a much better group than they had last year, but is it going to work? And if not, I could see a lot more of Roshan Johnson because if the blocking isn't there, you know, like I, I was telling Emerson the other day, buddy couldn't get to two Mississippi before being on his back. Like it was just a nightmare for fields, especially when he first got on the field. So I think the situation is good for Roshan. It is a situation where, again, you could see him take over at the end of the season, maybe the last six games or so, but I still think you need someone to fall. I think you need an injury there between Foreman or Herbert, and Herbert has been a bit injury-prone. That's really more my concern about Herbert is that he is not being able to stay on the field. If he does, I think he is a problem for Roshan Johnson. I understand. Yeah, I just I think that uh, he could be a – 
He could be a a milli maker winner for you if he's mm-hmm. the guy at the end of the. I mean, you're again, you're getting him all but at, at no charge. You know, around round twelve, that's fine. Um, especially if he goes zero RB, I just, I, I just, I feel like at the end of the year, I, mm-hmm. I believe that he's going to take over much earlier than that. But even so, um, you know, he could be a he could be a league winner for you. So I got Khalil Herbert going in round eleven. Yeah, like that's. Row went in fourteen in this last one that I did. Oh, he's uh, he went in twelve. The uh, the one I just did last night. Okay, so the one so that I did was it, this morning. But again, like this big, lobby was weird. That's a big difference. Twelve it to is. fourteen. That's a huge difference. Yeah, no, that's about. To, I'd love to be still getting him in, in round fourteen. Believe me, I, I I'd be all over that. Between Herbert and him, it was about 40, 43 picks. Uh, that's Roshan, a pretty big spread. Currently, my second most exposed running back at twenty four percent. Damn, that's quite a bit. That's quite a bit. Uh, tied is. with my second most exposed <clears throat> running back, tied with Derrick Henry, is my next guy up. And this is a dart throw. This is this is way down there. This is a round sixteen, buddy. Ooh, 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 can I guess? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I kind of just I kind of just like utter the syllable there. Oh, I didn't even hear you. Uh, okay. Chuba Hubbard. It is not. More of a big board pick. More of a big board oh. pick. Oh, big board pick. No, no, no. Like mm. Chubba Hubbard was more of like one of my big board targets. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I don't know. It's Mr. Hefe Wilson of the Miami Dolphins. Oh, a lot okay. Of pe- a lot of people are hyping up. I'm going to have to push back on this one. That's okay. I mean, like it's a round 16 pick. Buddy that, that's is free. That's Buddy true. is free. And, and if we're talking about zero RB approach, he fits the mold impeccably. When he went over to uh, when he went over to the Dolphins, he absolutely boomed in 2021 with the San Francisco 49ers. He had just 48 points in underdog. Finished last year with 147, five rushing touchdowns and one receiving touchdown, just 22 total uh, receptions. But he had 860 rushing yards on 176 attempts. It's pretty solid. It's pretty solid. That's 5.1 yards per carry. This is an offense that utilizes a lot of speed and a lot of action out of the backfield and a lot of deceptive play calling. I feel like Jeff Wilson, given his veteran presence, his athleticism and speed still, he fits the mold to play the most snaps at the running back position. That's not to say that Devin A-Chain isn't going to be a um, you know a thorn in his side this season, but spike week potential? I don't know, man. I, I think that he has the most opportunity for those out of these three running backs. So I can take some pushback. That's fine. You have a lot of weapons there. You have Tyreek Hill. You have Jalen Waddle. You know, Tua, I don't think he's going to rush the ball very much. He, he's got to stay alive. He's got to stay on the field. How do you do that? Deceptive play calling, dinks and dunks to your running backs. And I don't see any one guy being the lead dog there. Is there, I mean, are you like more off of him because you're more on one of these other guys or just because? No, this team's just going to pass a lot. Uh, I think Mostert's the best pick out of them. I just think that Mostert was the best running back last year for them. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, there's a reason people call him Raheem Mustart. Uh, when he's healthy. Yeah, correct. Yeah, 100% caveat it is, you know, his health. The The pushback that I have is I still think that my Emmy's in play to get another running back, whether that be Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, somebody. I don't think that they have the roster of guys that they fully want, hence why they have been Mm -hmm. going for Dalvin Cook. So my thought process is, why not just wait, see what happens. If they sign somebody, almost every single one of these guys' ADP is probably going to drop a little bit. 
mm-hmm. trying to get the best value always. So I'm trying to not pick guys I think are going to fall yet where I can get them there. So that's my pushback on it is that's fair. I, I don't think Jeff Wilson's a bad pick, especially in round 16. Uh, you know, like you're saying, it's a dart throw. Who cares? Right. But he could fall to round 17, 18. I, I just want to get the best value I can on everybody. If possible, if if I know that that's a chance then I'm going to just wait. All right. So I'm going to, we're going to play the game here a little bit. Jeff okay. Wilson or chase Brown. Um, man, they're like, that's like tied for me because Chase Brown only has one guy to deal with and that's Mixon. Okay. They literally went back to back in picks and then yeah, this that, last draft that's they did extremely round 16. close for me. Jeff Wilson or Gus Edwards? Gus Edwards. Jeff Wilson or Chubba Hubbard? Chubbard. Damn. Uh, what the fuck? This person, there was a person that drafted Latavius Murray. That's a bold one. I will take Jeff Wilson. <laughs> I wasn't even asking. I wasn't even I wasn't even asking that. I just noticed it in round 17. Plays for the old Buffalo Bills. I I didn't even know that Lat Murray had a pulse right now, okay? He, yes, he does. I I mean, yeah, he's alive. Jeff Wilson or Ty Chandler? Uh probably Jeff Wilson cuz I'm not sure Ty Chandler's actually the backup yet. It could be Dwayne McBride. Jeff Wilson or Leonard Fournette? If I'm taking a shot Fournette just because I think he could be the, the Zeke role for somebody. Lots of touchdowns. Okay, okay. What about Jeff Wilson or Zeke? Zeke. Because I, I do think he's <laughs> I going back to Dallas. <laughs> I Man, I keep seeing, like, in different reports, I see, like, oh, he's going back, a lot of potential, the door is open, and then I see, like, oh, Cowboys, unlikely to sign. I'm like, the news, make up your mind. My God. Yeah, that's today's day and age for you, the news. But I I mean on the on the Zeke thing really quick. Uh mm-hmm. oh man, that dude. Ford. <laughs> yeah, it has to be yeah. Ford because I'm so that's my most exposed running back at 29% to Rome Ford. Yeah. Um I do love Hubbard though. Um, but it, it's Ford for me. But on the Zeke thing, I think what's on the table right now for them is like almost a veteran minimum deal from the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And they're letting him out there in the wild saying, Listen, yeah, do what you gotta do, figure it yep. out you know what's sitting here for you and he's just going to come crawling back because I don't think people are going to give him what he wants. Yeah, so but Raheem yeah, Mostert, right, Raheem Mostert only going one round ahead of Jeff Wilson. So pick your poison. Like, I, I just don't think that there's a wrong answer. So Mostert had 890 rushing yards last season. Jeff Wilson had 860. Mostert had like a, a couple of more catches, like a handful more catches, but Wilson had more rushing touchdowns. So there's a role for both of these guys and I think that you're yeah, getting them at true. value. But, but now, but now insert a chain. Sure. Sure. Insert a chain. Right. But again, I still think that given the presence of Jeff Wilson, they did go out and get him now. Now keep in mind, they re-signed him this off season because his contract expired, but they still went out and traded for him last year. I think that connection with McDaniels is real. He, he came from the Niners. He's a McDaniels guy. He knows what he's getting out of them. And when things get really difficult, I feel like that's the high trust guy. Does that play in for you at all? I, I so I do I get that I think because they both come from that system they they mm-hmm. both came from Mike McDaniel so correct I, it, correct Monster did so, too just a year prior right so I don't think that like I don't think one of them has more trust I think they both are trusted I think mm-hmm. that the factor here for me is again is Dalvin Cook going there somebody else signing there and two mm-hmm. what does A Chain do because he's been very good in in OTAs. Uh, so, they, so is I'll, he I'll gonna you, fuck everything up? Is I'll ask you that right happening? now at round eleven. The first pick, or I'm sorry, the last pick of round 11, we'll say anywhere from 130 to 135, Devin A-Chain, hero or villain? 
what what a running back do you say he is there? I don't know what the like running uh, back ranking what, is, but I'm saying ADP? it's pick 130 to 135. Uh-huh. That's the end of round 11, beginning of round 12. A chain, you said hero or villain. Mm-hmm. I still feel like hero there, but as like a small hero, like like comic book hero that doesn't get made to a movie. <laughs> just just comic book guy. He's just, I I feel like he. I think it's high floor, low ceiling kind of guy. So in round 11, I'm okay taking that shot. Have I done it a lot? No. I mean, let me just look at my exposure. I, I, think have, I think I have 5%. very little to no exposure of A-Chain. Yeah, I have literally, I have 4.2%. So I have not taken a lot of them. One single share. Yeah, I'm okay with it though. I just generally don't like, there's other guys that go around him or other positions that I like to pick better where that goes. But I think it's an okay pick. There's lots of guys that I like around him. A couple, one in particular that I don't want to name because we may get to him here soon. But Devin Singletary, I'll take around later. Uh, Jerome Ford, I'll still take later. Any of those two other running backs from Miami because I still don't believe in my heart of hearts that any one of them dominates the touches. I think that they're going to spread it around. You know, This is a big conversation in the NFL right now. Do you need to have a, a highly paid running back to win a Super Bowl? This is the type of team that could potentially you know, make a playoff run. I'm not going to say the Dolphins are going to go to the Super Bowl, but a lot of downfield passing and a lot of utility at the running back position. It's a very good combination for success right now in the NFL. Okay. Gotcha. Mike Robb on the... Uh... He's a fucking supervillain in the 11. I love it. Okay. Lex Luthor. (laughs) So supervillain or like hero that makes a really bad movie like the Green Lantern. Yeah, uh, right there. I'm okay with that. There you go. There you go. Good comparison. There it is. Yikes. Yikes. Ryan. Hero. Terrible reviews. (laughs) uh, The opposite of Deadpool. Deadpool. Fantastic movies. Duh. All right. Who's your next guy up? Uh, so I was going to touch on Jerome Ford. Uh, we we kind of already did. I mean, I, I good don't situation. To... Good, yeah, good situation. He's the number situation. two guy. We've seen Stefanski use multiple backs. We have to assume that he's going to get a chunk of that Kareem Hunt role. But yeah. I think you and I also assume that Nick Chubb is also going to eat a little bit more this year as well because his yeah. his the taste that he left in our mouth down the stretch of last year. I have to believe that there's going to be some uh, some correctiveness at least to start the season again. Yeah, no, I I agree, and, and we don't have to be a dead horse here. I, yeah, everyone knows how much I love Jerome Ford, but it's just a great. If Nick Chubb goes down, league winner, like what if absolutely? What fantastic. if Peta is watching? What you don't want to overfeed a hungry horse? My God, what are we talking oh, about geez. killing things? Uh, well, you know, whatever. Somebody has to do it. <laughs> um, no, I, I'll take us closer to the top of the draft here. Um, and this is all caveated on Dalvin Cook doesn't go here because this kind of got fucked a little bit when I saw that. Now the betting favorite, <laughs> Dalvin Cook is going to the fucking Patriots. That's going to fuck it all up for Ramondre Stevenson. But Leonard's in the building. Yeah, I know. And now I see this too. I'm like, so something's happening. I would much rather have Lenny go there than, than Dalvin Cook. Though. I'll tell you that. Dalvin Cook, sure. I think, plays more sure. into the passing game than, than Lenny would there. Um, I just, I love Ramondre. The, the town is absolutely fantastic. They fed him a shit ton last year. Do I think that that's going to happen this year as much? No. But he's a very good running back on a team that doesn't have a all, all aspiring pass catchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ramondre is probably one of their top pass catchers. I just think the the situation fits him very well. He's going around three. Um, I just yeah, I, I I love the running back. Uh, his talent is just through the roof. So this is again all caveated on no one really going there. Of no, Lenny is fine. Dalvin would not 
uh, benefit Ramondre. I don't think. I really, mm-hmm. I just hope they don't sign anybody of note. Really, like anybody. Hell, I, I if I had to pick one of the guys to go there that I think would least impact him, Kareem? probably be Zeke. Oh no, 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 no. Zeke is an inside the five guy. That's the opposite. Yeah, but I also think Zeke sucks. So I think that Ramondre well surpasses Ugh. him in talent nowadays. Kareem Hunt, I'm not sure it's dead yet in that part of his life. I think Plus, I think Kareem Hunt could just simply targets. I think Kareem Hunt could simply just supplement Ramondre in the passing game so that when they do get inside the 20, Ramondre is a little more fresh. So, okay, so so you think it's bad for Ramondre if Zeke goes there because Zeke's going to have the goal line work, right? Exactly, exactly. So why don't if you feel like this about Gibbs and Montgomery? Well, no, I do. I, I feel that Gibbs well, is the is guy but in between, is in between the 20s. Yeah. But I have a very similar exposure to them. I only have like two more shares of Montgomery than I do Gibbs. You could see Gibbs finish as a top 10 running back and not have more than five rushing touchdowns just based off of pure PPR value. So could Ramondre. He could. I don't buy it because that's not what Bill Belichick does. That's what they just did last year. No, no, no. Now it's Bill It's Bill O'Brien now. Sure, but it's still Bill Belichick's team and it's still his offense. And if they are going after any of those guys, like a Cook, like a Leonard Fournette, Leonard Fournette still finished as an RB2 last season based on his PPR value. What I see that as is, is they yeah, don't, with they don't trust Brady. Pierre Strong. Yeah, Mac Jones, Tom Brady. What's I mean, both are going to throw a lot of passes. No, don't, to the running don't, back. Please don't say what's the difference. I did not say that. I said they're <laughs> yeah, both going to throw to the running back. I mean, he had. I'm trying to look. He had 69 receptions last year. Yeah, I mean, how much lower? Because he's think a PPR back. Do you? Who would you rather throw the ball to 69 times to? Pierre Strong or Leonard Fournette? Well, Leonard Fournette, of course. Sure. Right. Exactly. That's the role that I think that they're going after. If they get a guy Over like Ramondre's that, Ramondre's sixty-nine receptions last year, dude. I'm I'm he had like preaching five targets. I'm preaching and buying what you're saying. Let's let's get let's get that straight. What I don't buy is Bill Belichick. I trust the numbers. I would trust Ramondre at his ADP if I believe he's going to get the same type of usage. I feel that usage could come down. You even just said so yourself. He could get used less than he did last year. Yet he's being purchased at a third-round ADP. I have about 157 of him, very similar to what I have of uh, Jameer Gibbs, like I said, at 150. I, you know, Whatever Dalmatian draft I did, I must have drafted Ramondre Stevenson. But I also like some of the guys that are being drafted around him. I'll take him over Brees Hall. I'll take him over Travis Etienne. Gibbs only went uh, you know, a handful of picks after him. Ramondre at 34, Gibbs at 37. I like Najee Harris there. I like Josh Jacobs earlier in that round. I'm okay taking him at ADP. I prefer after, but the situation right now is not looking good. If they are the odds favorite to land Dalvin Cook, you can't tell me that you're comfortable taking Ramondre Stevenson in round three. I'm still okay with it because it's just, I mean, those odds change all the time. Look what just happened with DeAndre Hopkins. He was the odds on favorite to go somewhere else. And next thing you know, Titans, there it is. Yeah, but then he was also minus 300 to go to the Titans, and he signed there within like well, 48 hours. That is true. That's true. But Dalvin Cook hasn't signed there yet. True, true. That, I, I just don't like seeing that stuff, obviously, especially after the season that Ramondre has. Why are you looking to go out and buy a running back? You need receivers on this team. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that that's what they need right now. 
I don't think that's the formula to win that division up against the Bills, the Dolphins that are loaded. Well, I mean, maybe they're trying to slow down the game a little bit. Hope their defense, luck. Hope their defense luck. hangs in there with those teams and then just run the ball. Yeah, the that, ball might, the backfield. that might be the formula, Bill, if you want to win games in, you know, December and the end of November. But those other teams are going to be well ahead of you from the previous months. I, you know, I just, it's, it's not a formula I think is going to work. I don't know what he's doing. The guy just like feels like that type of person in your fantasy league that just takes people out of spite because they want to be right. They want to, they want to do it their way. They want to, they want to have the bully tight end approach. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, again, I think he's spiraling out of control a little bit. You know, the, the, the dynasty has fallen. Bill Belichick doesn't know what to do with himself now. And, uh, he's just trying to throw shit out the wall and hope it sticks. Yeah, I'm not scared of taking him because of who he is and what he can do. I love Ramondre. Ramondre made me a good amount of money last year in just those weekly best ball drafts, right? Like the, what were those called? The $5 the Battle Royales. Yeah, the Battle Royales. He was a fantastic value all season long in those, especially early on when he wasn't like necessarily like a big flashy name yet. So I'm, I'm a big fan. I love the situation. I don't like Bill. I don't like him at all. And Bill O'Brien does what the, you know, what the, you know, empire says. He does what the, you know, what the. Uh... He's always had good offenses, though. I'll give him that. <sighs> Fuck Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien's an idiot. I, hey, I, I don't disagree. He, he left Penn State high and dry. So fuck his. Little... Didn't he? Didn't he trade DeAndre Hopkins for a picture of the 85 Bears or some shit? <laughs> <laughs> Something wow. ridiculous. Oh, we don't need that guy. We, we can survive without him. Fucking moron. Uh, we got time hey, for one more. Didn't Bill O'Brien just come from Alabama? No, he was there last year with... Um, yeah. Right? He was just there last year? No, not Alabama. Who was the other coordinator he was working with last year? Was it Joe Judge? Him and Joe Judge were splitting duties as OC, I believe, last year. They were, like, going back and forth. Yeah. Uh, Joe Judge would get this week. Bill O'Brien would get the next. Yeah. Wait, am, am I not remembering this right? Did I could have swore he was just a... Alabama. Maybe he left the Texans for a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something. He was he was in he was offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach as well for 2021 and 2022 for Alabama. Where did Jameer Gibbs just come from? Uh, Alabama. Alabama. <laughs> so just saying, <laughs> we were just comparing Gibbs and Ramondre. I'll leave it at that. Ramondre is just like Gibbs. Gibbs just like Ramondre, except for Ramondre is bigger and better than Gibbs. So. Bill O'Brien worked wonders with Gibbs. Insert reminder. I guess, baby. man. I I do not trust Bill O'Brien. If that's if that's if that's your last straw, then yeah, I'm. You're you're kind I of. Mean, you're well, look what Bill O'Brien did in, in Houston. What? Look what Bill O'Brien did in Houston. Arian Foster, good back. Yeah, was he there for all the Arian Foster? Uh, I don't know. Years, was he? That, that was that was <laughs> way when I said that was a it, long like, time ago, buddy. I'm like, you know what? I, I don't know. Long time ago, point. buddy. <laughs> Uh, I think he was, he was with Houston. the Patriots then. He was in Houston 2014 to 2020. Was Aaron Foster 2014? Uh, like maybe as an injured guy on his way out of the league. <laughs> as I said it, I stopped myself in my head. I'm like, ooh, you know what? Am I uh, am I assuming something there? Uh, Aaron Foster. Aaron Foster was with the Texans from 2019 or 20. Uh, to, yeah, 2009 to 2015. Yeah. So he was there. He for was. Two years. He had one good season with them in 2014. That's it. One good season. Just saying. It, I, I don't think it's out as as outlandish to think that Ramondre could be one of those guys. 
Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Like I said, like Ramondre Stevenson, I hate what Bill is doing right now. It's so dumb. So dumb. We got time for one more guy. I'm going to go with Najee. I'm going to go with Najee Harris, bounce back season. He is my one, two, three, four, five, six highest exposed running back, 16.3% at $400. You're getting him at the end of round three, right after Ramondre Stevenson. And I think that he is going to be in line again for a bell cow roll. Knock on wood, he has been healthy through the first 30, was that 36, 34 games, I'm sorry, of his career. I mean, the big decline that we saw from year one to year two was the the pass catching opportunities. He caught uh, 33 less passes. I think that maybe we could get maybe an upgraded middle number there, maybe like somewhere in like the 50 to 60 department. Year one, 74 catches, 6.3 yards per reception at 467 total yards. Last year, just 220 yards, 5.6 on 41 catches. Had three rushing touchdowns or receiving touchdowns, excuse me, in both seasons and seven rushing touchdowns in both seasons. I could see him leaping forward in both. I could see him being like a 10 and four guy. I could see him getting up, you know, close to like 14 to 16 total touchdowns if Kenny Pickett can get a little bit better. Jamie jumping in saying, Najee, great pick this year. They upgraded the offensive line. The offensive line has been a project since Ben Roethlisberger left. Even in Ben Roethlisberger's last year, it was a totally retooled line. So they're still getting better. They're still kind of building chemistry. And like you said, they made some upgrades. It's a very good situation. And I feel that Najee also just has a very safe floor uh, with his pass catching ability. So even at a decline, he still had 2.4 receptions per game. In his rookie season, he had 4.4. Again, I think that maybe we can get close to that number from his rookie year, but maybe we don't hit it necessarily. Maybe we're like three and a half to four, right? Maybe it's not quite there because I still trust them to run the ball a lot. I still just don't see Jalen Warren as being this massive, massive threat. And the team was much, much better down the stretch of last season, backed on the identity of putting the ball on the ground and really leaning into Najee. I still feel like that's going to be the case to start this season. You and I are both immensely in on D, uh, DJ Deontay Johnson. If we're you know so inclined that he's going to be just as good as he was last year, if not better, I have to believe that that's going to balance out with some good running game from Najee Harris. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I'm just looking at his numbers again here. You know, he averaged 3.9 and 3.8 last two seasons, had seven touchdowns both seasons. The, the the number that really jumps out at me is his reception total, 74 2021 to 41 in 2022. I expect less. that to be, yeah, I, say, I expect that to be middled for sure. Mm -hmm. um, he's probably going to be closer to like the 50 to 55 range. Uh, yeah, I mean – I agree with everything you said. I, I'm in on Najee as well. Uh, I was just trying to look at exposure. I have 15% of him. Could be a little higher. I, I actually thought mm. I had a little bit more than that. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, you already hit on him. We think the Steelers are going to be much better. Uh, the O-line's much better. I mean, really, Jalen Warren is a good story, and I think he's a good running back. I think people are really overvaluing what he means to this offense as opposed mm -hmm. to what Najee means. I mean, Najee was round one pick, right? Like, they, they took him for a reason. They're not just going to set him up on the fucking uh, on the shelf to get dusty, right? They, they're right. going to use him until the wheels fall off because they know that, again, we've seen now over the last couple of days what all the running backs are saying about the running back landscape. They're going to run him into the ground until his rookie deal is done. Probably get rid of him at that point, most likely. Um, so, yeah, Najee, very good uh, running back, good situation, uh, upgraded O-line, as you alluded to. And, again, I think he has – double-digit rushing touchdown upside.
Yeah, Jamie dropping in that he wasn't drafting him at, at his ADP. Last year, he was very expensive. Like he was going as like a top eight guy because his rookie season, he nearly put up 1,700 scrimmage yards. It was like 1,667. Last year, a little bit closer, about 1,300. And again, that was really backed on a strong finish down the last uh, eight games. I believe he had like six total touchdowns his last eight games of last season. So like the first eight, the front, you know, the front eight, front nine was not very pretty. Uh, for uh, for Najee, there was all of that talk that Jalen Warren was going to come in and he was going to be the guy. Najee put that Najee put that noise to rest. So definitely someone that I'm buying at his value. And again, another really good target if you lean into targeting two wide receivers with your first two picks. Like I like going zero RB, but realistically, if you still take you know three or four receivers out of your first handful of picks. I don't mind throwing in a Najee, a Ramondre, uh, maybe even a Mixon now that you get a clear idea what's going on with him, a Gibbs or a Josh Jacobs. Like, I don't mind mixing those guys in with maybe three or four you know, wide receivers through that first handful of rounds. I still think that that's a, a really good strategy. Don't get me wrong. There's still a lot of value with the later end running backs, you know, guys that, you know, your, your Mandos, right? Your, your B-Robs, your, An your Antonio Gibsons. Um, you know, we mentioned the Houston guys a little bit, even Damian Pierce going in round six, someone that still had a strong season last year. I still think he has a good role, but you know, like I said, I like, uh, I like Singletary a lot more. Um, one last guy I wanted to hit on that Jamie had brought in. Jamie, we appreciate you riding with us, even through your internet out outage. He had mentioned Rashad White. I was trying to pull up the comment here, uh, what we thought about him. He was going in round two, 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 round seven. Another guy that I just really like that I don't feel has a lot of competition for touches. Me and Emerson were talking about this the other day. We really don't believe Sean Tucker is going to come in and steal a bulk of the work or any of those other guys there. So someone that I feel could have a very strong PPR presence this year, going anywhere in round seven or eight, I think that's a very good value, especially around the, the wide receivers that are in that spot. Quinton Johnston, Brandon Cooks, Jan Dotson, Pickens, Addison. It's kind of that big shelf drop from your guys like uh, maybe like Tyler Lockett or Michael Pittman, Mike Evans. It feels like there's a, a good gap of uh, of talent drop there. Do you disagree? I, I do. I, I almost like every single running back around Acres. I'm just not an Acres guy. The Rams shot white. Oh, oh, are we oh, I'm sorry. I could I could have swore you said Cam Akers. Uh Rashad White, hold on, let me score down the board here real quick. I'm looking at my last draft board. I have him in round uh, seven. Yeah, he was eight here. He went 92. Nice. So he went 77 a whole round earlier in my draft. So, again, kind of a polarizing player. People are high on him. People are low on him. I like that. Yeah, I, I'm okay with it there. I prefer uh, Pacheco uh, just solely based off the offense. Mm. Um, depending on my build, I'll take Kamara over him as well. Uh, if, if I'm, if I already have like Najee and somebody else sitting there, if he's like my third, I'll take Kamara. Uh, I like Rashad white because there's like not a whole lot of competition there. I just fear about how bad this fucking offense is going to be. You know, I, I just, I don't know what to do with him. Like James Connors, another guy I'm not really high on. They're kind of the similar to me. James Connor, mm -hmm. we've seen it more. Rashad white's a younger running back though. I probably just take the shot on white over James Connor. Uh, hopefully mm -hmm. Davis isn't in here because Davis is a <laughs> big Connor guy. It's a, so Rashad White is one of those guys I still don't know what, exactly what to do with. I want more clarity before I really jump in on him. I was very high on him last year coming in. Love the dude. Uh, this is a guy that does not put the ball on the ground either. Uh, so I, I do like that. But yeah, I, I think it's fine. Like round eight is is a perfect spot for him, I think, you know, with all these guys that, that go here. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just there's uncertainty. Another guy that I like that goes around him that I don't know who I would I'd probably take Cook over him, James Cook. Sure. Just, again, well, better offense. Better offense. They're going to score more yeah. points. There's more of a power vacuum there for scoring opportunities. But I think the opportunity for Rashad White is the bad offense. PPR back and a bad offense, struggling QB in Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. I, I think that's a good match for us in best ball. Mm-hmm. I think there's I think there's definitely opportunities for spike weeks for sure. I would say probably even so equal to a James Cook because where James Cook could have spike weeks, so could Dame Harris or Josh Allen just stealing the ball inside the red zone or not, you know, James Cook just not getting a lot of touchdowns in general. Yeah, no, I I don't disagree. Um, yeah, uh, Jamie said here, Pacheco doesn't catch passes and is TD dependent. That's true. But to big a play extent. ability is there for Pacheco. 100%. And also the offensive value opportunities he's going to see, as opposed to like what Rashad White will probably see, is yep. going to be just exponentially better in this offense. So I just think yeah. that there's a higher ceiling for mm-hmm. his opportunities, though I do think that Rashad White will see more uh, touches. What are your concerns, though, about Pacheco maybe banged up and eased into the season? He's dealing with a, a I nagging think it's injury. Fine. I think okay. it's fine. I mean, they haven't went out and did anything. They still have mm-hmm. CEH there, which... Don't you even. Stop okay. it. Okay. Stop it's, it. It's okay. CEH, I mean... Again, I'll take Daenerys Prince enough. for free over CEH. Now, it's an interesting... Daenerys Prince reminds me of Pacheco last year at this time. So just, Doesn't he? Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that at some on some podcast for sure, but... Um, I think, I think it's Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon. Those are the two, right? McKinnon's yeah. not going to do what, what Pacheco does. So I think Pacheco's role is fine. He just won a Super Bowl with them. They heavily involved him in the Super Bowl. I don't think they're just all of a sudden just going to be like, hey, man, thanks. It was a fun run, but we're just going to go ahead and toss you to the side now and bring in somebody. It's just not going to happen. Have you heard so, about running backs it, in the NFL this week? That's exactly what they're doing, brother. Yeah, expensive ones. But uh, guess what? Pacheco, most certainly not expensive as an undrafted free agent. So true. True. Uh, was he Jerk McKinnon or was he around seven? Uh, I think he was or around five, seven. I mean, I mean, yeah, was okay. Too many. It was players. probably six, and we're both wrong. Um, the other guy I was going to say, the last guy on my list here is Jerick McKinnon, round eleven. Spike weeks. Spike Decent weeks. Value. Spike weeks. Yeah. Spike weeks. That's it. The, he just without the string of touchdown luck last year, he wouldn't have finished there. He he made shit happen, and so did Patrick Mahomes. With that I agree, often. I agree. So it, but I think you it's look a at the receiving rich. core. You look at the receiving core. They're now losing Juju, and there's just a complete toss up between all of these guys. Everyone's chasing Sky Moore. Everyone's chasing Kadarius Tony. We've said this a, probably a million times. There's got to be like at least twelve sound bites of this. Everyone's going to be angry when it's Richie James, MVS, and Kelsey because they have a little bit more experience. They've been reliable for their teams down the stretch. My yeah. mind, all I heard was, oh, Richie James, spicy. I, I, I don't believe I'm not on the Richie James train, by the way. I, I'm just saying they went out. They I didn't think give it was any... weeks, but it's. Yep. Well, again, you know, where you're drafting MVS, like I think there's an there's an equitable amount of spike weeks for any of those guys, right? So why be first to market with Rashi Rice? Why be first well, with MVS? Rashi Rice is somebody they drafted. Uh, oh, oh, so I'll give you a prime example. Last year, Sky Moore, how many times mm-hmm. did he muff punt or, or, or miss, right? Like, and we're like, oh, God, oh, yeah, he's I'm, dead to the world, right? I, I'm not exposed to Sky Moore. Well, well, that's what I'm saying is, so last year, Sky Moore had all these these mess-ups, right? 
mm-hmm. did they do? They kept putting him back in there. I think that when they draft a guy, they're like, we're, we're going to make him work. Richie James, I think, is a fill-in until Rasheed Rice or one of these guys really establish themselves. And then I think Richie, Richie James is a journeyman. He just It's just not going to fully work out, I don't think. Eh. Which one of these what's one of these receivers doesn't make the roster? Uh, I'm not going to lie, I don't know how many they have. I think MBS stays there. Rasheed Rice stays there, Sky Moore stays there, Kadarius Tony stays there. Those four guys so 1000% stay there. So what you're telling me is they just signed Richie James for no reason, just to they, cut him. Well, I only named four. They could keep five wide receivers on an offense that throws the ball a fuck ton. Why not? No, no, they absolutely should. Uh, like Jamie was saying, McKinnon was top 20 last year with huge spike weeks in best ball. That's all you're drafting him for. He's not an every week player. But if you're hearing all this news about Pacheco kind of being eased into the season, I have to imagine the potential for spike weeks for McKinnon, at least to start the year, weeks one through six, much higher likelihood, much higher likelihood. And this is a guy that was getting multiple touchdowns. And it's just a very, very middle group of receivers after Kelsey. I have to imagine that, again, like, you know, we're talking about, Pacheco, you know, being amazing last year, helping them win a Super Bowl. So did McKinnon. McKinnon actually took the knee at the one. Remember, he could have scored a touchdown. He didn't. Yes. Team player. That should show all those kids out there. That's what you want to be a team player. Win the do damn thing. The right Don't do it for yourself. Thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anything to share? Anyone that you wanted to add in as a bonus before we head out? No, I do want to share one thing, though. At 1130 Eastern, hop over to the Sports Gambling Podcast YouTube page. I will be going on to draft a best ball team. Uh, I think we're going to do a weekly winners this time uh, oh. with the mothership themselves, Sean and Ryan. Uh, don't 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 give me the thing. The weekly winners. I mean, I, I, listen, I told them I was fine with doing that or best ball mania i let them pick they they want to do weekly winners i'm fine with it i like weekly winners too that's cool so if anybody's uh wanting to check that out again 11 30 eastern over on the sports gambling podcast youtube page check us out let them know that i sent you so they know that we are doing our jobs as well as please if you have not already like the video subscribe to the channel turn on your notifications let us know if there's any topics that you guys would like us to hear, uh, you know, or like to hear us talk about. Uh, we are always open for ideas. We appreciate every single one of you. And as always, we are here to be your. Let me be your hero. Let us or be villain. your hero or villain. or villain. Don't forget about the villains. Come on, man. Somebody you're asked, the... "You're the hero. I'm the villain." I like to, I like to, you know, be the villain. It's kind of fun. We got to get you the crown. We got to get you that TD TD King crown. Yes, sir. King's a hero, though, which I my 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 name is not matching is my, my well. Well, is that is true. I mean, look at Game of Thrones. The Kings <laughs> sure didn't seem to be uh, heroes there. Joffrey was an ass, man. He was king for a minute. Yeah. Little, sh- little shithead. <laughs> Please don't don't make me be Joffrey. No, <laughs> wouldn't do that to you. I'd make you like one of the like dickhead Baratheons. You know, you're more of a, you're more of a Stannis. We appreciate you, Jamie. You're the man, brother. You're the man. Well, I'll see you on uh, I'll see you on Sunday because I know that you're always in here, buddy. I know that you're always in. I know you're always uh, down to clown, as we like to say. Uh, yeah, man, I would have joined the draft, but weekly winners. I'm going to bed, bro. I would have stayed up for you know a little BBM man, action. I'll have to let them know. I, they don't. They don't. They don't want the smoke. They don't want the smoke. <laughs> the other as, half of the uh, Heroes and Villains podcast can't hang, guys. Yeah. Well, pff, not with not with weekly winners, buddy. I got to keep all my opportunity and exposure in my bankroll saved up for BBM. Like I'm not trying to, you know, cut down on my what is it, a fifteen dollar for the weekly winner? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. So that's just gonna mess up my balance on my account. I'm not trying to do that. Sorry. I feel you. I feel. I got I I got to play on pace. I'm actually I'm at ninety eight, 
and I need to get two more in by the end of today, and it's not going to happen. So come tomorrow, 49 days until I'm going to be two behind my pace. I got to catch I'm at, up. I'm at 62. I don't know how you're going to catch up. I guess just draft day three. Oh, draft day is 24 in a row. So there's so, that. But I averaged it out. I need a lot of, I need like 1.8 a day on average with draft, with draft day in it. So I could, yikes. I can do that. I've been doing two a day while oh, driving. I did two a day earlier, you know, earlier in the off season, but now with my, hey man, two with a my, days. I know, Let's I know I was, do no, it. dude, I was, I was two doing at a time, it Some, baby. Let's sometimes go. three. No, no, I, no, I do not like doing that. I do not like doing, doing two at the same time. No, do not do that. Hey, last thing before we get out of here, because I know it's been an hour and 12 minutes, but, uh, you know, we, we do appreciate everyone coming in here and we do like to obviously talk about other people that come in and support us. So, uh, Jamie is putting on here that he's doing a podcast drafting villains tomorrow with nice Adam rank love it going for two. So I believe Sexy. you can just type that in here. I want to just check because uh, I, I think I follow them. Uh, Sexy. I saw him post something here. Uh, Yes, going for two. Uh, just type that in, all one word, going for, and then the number two. If you guys would like to uh, check them out, uh, yeah, I'm 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 excited about that. Uh, getting Adam Rank in there, that's a that's a, that's a nice hit. Jamie, are Good you job, a Jamie. Bears fan as well? Is this like a is this like a Bears fan meetup? I mean, it looks like in his picture he has a uh, a Browns helmet on the oh, skull. Oh yeah, so yeah. But maybe. I mean, that's just a picture, so you never know. Adam Rank, big, big Bears fan. I, I always love a good Bears fan, you know, kind of just like preaching to the choir, like never backing down. Adam Rank always stands up for his Bears, and uh, I can always appreciate that, no matter the cause, no matter what it is. He's always standing up for Justin Fields, our shitty-ass offensive line. And, you know, like like Adam Rank, I'm very excited for this season. No, he's a Browns fan. Hey, no worries. I dig it. See, yeah, dig Browns fan. Hey, man, Jerome Ford, baby. And Jerome yeah. Ford, I trust. Yes, sir. And any Browns fan is an underdog in my book because, you know, you've just been dealing with just dog shit after dog shit after dog shit. Oh, so. wow. I feel bad for them. Why? Are you being sorry? Like, because what? No, because commanders suck, too. Oh, whatever. I mean, yeah, same same thing. Like, I like the commanders, like, in, like, theory, because I like a good underdog. I'm a Bears fan. I have to. Like, why am I going to shit on other bad teams? Like, so what's, what, what, what does that make me? <laughs> Uh, and hey, Annie's a Roshan truther, so we're in good oh, company here. Yes. We're, we're all underdogs. I love some Roshan. I don't know if I'm a truther yet. I don't know if I actually get to call myself that with my exposure. You know, I like to back up my takes with my numbers. So if Roshan, I'll be getting a Roshan jersey this year if he uh, is is semblance of any type of good. We need to get d- matching DJ jerseys. Like we need, yeah, we need Deontay Johnson. I think over him. Oh God, yeah. I, yeah. I'll buy a signed Deontay Johnson helmet or some shit if he's yeah. as good as we like, hope he is. Like we, I think like we owe it to him, you know, at, at this point, like how much we've have him signed drum. your most exposed wide receiver. No, no, Jamie. Oh, Jesus, that, that's it's that for charity. So, so if, if there's a place and there's a time for it, that's it. Take it. Roshan Johnson at the one Oh seven in Scott Fishbowl 13. That is awesome. That oh, that's man. bold, man. I, I I don't know if I can pull the trigger on that. I love no. That. I I salute you, sir. That's that's fantastic. I mean, obviously, you know, if it's if you're doing it for a bit or just doing it for fun, like obviously you're passing up a ton of ADP and opportunity, specifically a quarterback. But yeah, exactly. It was for charity. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely, raised two hundred two dollars for that pick. That's awesome, dude. Uh, shoot us a DM with the the charity. Maybe we can throw a couple of bucks your way as well, man. Appreciate you. We are uh, we are going to head out though, as Andrew mentioned, at one t- hour twelve or an hour an hour fifteen. So, take care, be well, be good, and if you can't be good, be good at it. We'll see you.